Hello, everybody. everybody hear welcome. me okay? Yeah, yeah. hear you great. Welcome to another conversation with it's Justin and I, joined today by CJ Graham. CJ, how are you doing today? Good, Justin. How are you doing? Jason, I, how are you doing? I apologize. Well, guys, I got to tell you right now, you guys should be twins. I've seen that movie, Schwarzenegger <laughs> and uh, DeVito. I don't know yeah. who, who, but you guys got the same beard, same glasses, same <laughs> white skin. That's so you got to distinguish between Justin and Jason. So, But Jason, I'm doing good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. First, I want to thank you for your service. I saw that you were in the military back in 74 to 78. Yeah, 46 years ago. Um, so were you, um, I know you were a nightclub manager and owner, but, um, before you got the role for Jason, were you, uh, a stunt double at all? Well, let's go back. Let's go back, Jason, to the wow. Okay. Is that like, wow, you're old or wow, that's cool. <laughs> no, wow. That's cool. <laughs> all right. No, I just want to be, I want to, you know, people today me like, oh, they get all sensitive. No, I get you. I just want to bust your chops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Jason, I was uh, a general manager of a 15,000 square foot nightclub in Los Angeles. And I happened to have a hypnotist on stage on Thursday nights. Great show. He decided to bring in a company. Uh, the company is called Real Effects. And it just happens that Real Effects shooting the promotion for him, the video and stuff, happened to be the same special effects company that did part four with Ted White. And they brought it up to the hypnotist that since we're doing this shoot, they should do something with the subjects on stage being scared by Jason. And they had the wardrobe and, you know, let's use CJ's big ass because he's about the right size. And uh, the rest is history. Okay. What? Um, so what's it like when you get the call to go play Jason? Because it was a last minute change, correct? Yeah. Well, originally, you know, they said, they, hey, we're going to cast you. You're it. It's, and I was, I laughed. No disrespect. I mean, it wasn't my desire, intent. Uh, humbly appreciative to be here three decades later talking about it, but it was not my desire to get into that industry. Um, they said, let's go down uh, a couple months later, meet Frank Mancuso Jr., Tom McLaughlin, the writer-director, and the stunt coordinator, uh, Michael Nomad. And I did all the above. I was really humbly appreciative just to be invited. I was like, well, this is cool. I did not get the part. And I said, well, that's fine, too, because, you know, it is what it is. It's not what I'm looking for. Um, unfortunately, the part went to a stuntman. And unfortunately for him, and don't feel bad, he's went on to have a great career from what I've been told. He's been a producer, a director, a stunt coordinator, all the above. But when the first daily came back, and if you go back and watch the movie, the, the daily with the uh, paintball scene hit in the midsection, that's not me. And most people just kind of assume I'm more in padding. And, and the other stuntman was a little thicker than I am. That's all just not, no big deal. It's just that they didn't feel when that daily came back that the image they were trying to create was coming across screen. Uh, so unfortunately he was released at that point. And on Thursday or Friday, I got a phone call, uh, met with Frank Mancuso's team again. And Monday uh, I was heading down to Covington, Georgia to uh, star quote unquote as a principal in a movie. <laughs> that is awesome. What kind of prep yeah. work goes into uh, preparing to play Jason? Well, preparing isn't something you do when you have no idea what you're doing to begin with. Um, I'd only been out of the military a few years. Uh, so, you know, I had kind of a BA, a bad attitude, um, a little bit, not in a bad way, just a uh, cocky. Mm, sure. And uh, with that being said, you know, um, I had to do all my own stunts. I had to do everything. And 
walking into it again, not realizing three decades later what we had created in 1986. Um, it's just an interesting thing to go back because you're just out there doing a job. You're making a couple dollars a week. Uh, they put me in the Screen Actors Guild Union. Uh, I didn't know what that meant at the time. It was just okay. Um, but, you know, most people don't know is I had never done a stunt in my life ever. A uh, good friend of mine, Kane Hodder, and another good friend who passed away a couple years ago, Steve Dash, when they found out at a, on a panel that we were doing one time for a convention that I'd never been to stunt school or done stunts, you know, they thought I was out of my mind, number one, but they were also um, humbly impressed that I would step into a role where they're setting me on fire and, you know, 20 feet underwater, breathing off regulators and going through doors and walls and, you know, just being a BA, you know, and thank goodness, successful, and thank goodness I didn't hurt anybody, including the actresses or the actors on set with me. So uh, what is, is are they, the stunts, when you get them, are they scary to you as somebody who's never done them before? No, Michael Nomad walked me through everything, my stunt coordinator. Um, when they did the shotgun and they hooked a cable onto my back and flew me back 10 feet, Mm -hmm. uh, at the PSI that they hooked it into, he hooked me up and let me get a few of the impressions of being jerked. And then he would say, okay, so now that's kind of what it is at so many PSIs, but when I do hit you, you're just let your body go, just float back, land on your back, and just let it go. You know, don't try to struggle with it. And so he was very helpful. You go through the door, you blow it open. Number one, the door is going to be ready to blow, but when you hit it, that first step is most important because when you take that first step and all that wood goes flying, you want to make sure, hopefully that you don't step sideways on that because your ACL is going out the door as Jason is going to the floor. Um, and just as important is then we got to set it up more expenses to set up another shot of a new door, a new wall, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, so you went from Friday the 13th to you appeared in an Alice Cooper music video as Jason? Correct. And then over to, uh, you know, Highway to Hell yeah. with uh, Christy Swanson, Chad Lowe. Um, and then I was fortunate enough that I, I'd done a few commercials, national commercials during that duration. Uh, I did go back when I got back and, and ran a nightclub for Jackie Collins, uh, Joan Collins' sister. Uh, her and Oscar Lerman owned the original Tramp of London in the Beverly Center, Beverly Hills, private nightclub, members only. Uh, two locked doors to get through. Mr. Lerman always would approve uh, who would become a member. And that included everybody from Prince, who would sit at table 43 in the nightclub, drink red wine. And people like Stallone, table five, two bottles of Cristal. That was his thing back in the 80s. And Tom Jones. And then, of course, producers and directors and so on. Do you have a favorite memory from that? That sounds like an interesting time. You know, it, again, you don't realize when you're in your 20s uh, the significance of what you're yeah. doing. I mean, yeah. Jackie was a wonderful lady, and she's gone now, as is Oscar. Uh, we did receive a, an award uh, from uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous for being one of the top 10 nightclubs in the world. Um, so that was a nice honor. I still have that letter. Um from Robert. And it's interesting because when you look back, you don't realize the things you've done. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a period I worked for Chippendales in Culver City uh, for Steve Banerjee, the owner of Chippendales. You don't realize that until, you know, 40, you know, 35 mm -hmm. years yeah. later, I guess it is. And you kind of go, well, that's interesting. And then 
the last 20 years, uh, a casino executive running casino resorts as a general manager and a chief operating officer. So it's been kind of an unusual career for me. Sure. So, and what pulled you back into vengeance, right? 2019 being uh, Elias Voorhees, right? Just yeah, about three years ago, I retired. Uh, you know, the options were, you know, uh, do I sign another three-year contract? Uh, I always say life is a number. How many children do you want to have? How many can you afford? Mm-hmm. You know, how many houses do you want? How many can you afford? Um, I just did the math and figured, you know what, I can live comfortably, okay. Uh, and I'm going to re- retire from the casino industry, which is 24-7. So about a year ago, I got a call, a little over a year ago, I got a call if I'd be interested in, in resurrecting uh, a new feature, which would be Elias Voorhees, which in theory was supposed to be the pickup of the end of part six, moving into a part seven series, hmm. uh, kind of like the Harry Potter series and all the successful series that have been out there. Um, I said, sure, why not? I mean, I grew a beard for four months. They put a raggedy wig on me and I squared off with my son, Jason. And how many people haven't had a square off with their father as a boy? <laughs> right. Yeah. I um, I just saw that that was out as I was researching you a little bit today, and I cannot wait to check that out. Was it? Yeah. Was it- it, you know, it turned out well. I mean, uh, Steve Dash was also in it. He played the sheriff as a cameo, and then Tom McLaughlin, uh, the writer director of Part Six, uh, put his fingerprint on it, and uh, he played the uh, caretaker. Uh, the graveyard caretaker, as a matter of fact. So there are some little twists in there. I understand uh, Jason Brooks, who played Jason, uh, they are working, uh, him and a gentleman named Peter Anthony, to uh, do a vengeance bloodline. And they've asked me if I'd like to participate because the the Elias Voorhees, you know, it's never been seen on screen except now for me. And there's been a, a reasonable uh, engagement of success with that character. So I'm interested in looking at it. We'll see what happens in 2021. Of course, 2020 has been uh, tough for a lot of families, losing family members with the virus and just tough on people in general. Uh, Of course, not as bad as somebody who's lost a family member, but it's been uh, a challenge and we'll see if 2021 pans out. Is is this something you want to do consistently? Is acting kind of your retire like after retirement what you want to do or is it just Elias Voorhees? Like is it Elias Voorhees or or bust type of deal or is are you interested you know, in it? Now that I it, you know when you're when you, I got calls back about Freddie versus Jason. Uh I wasn't gonna leave a general manager position running a billion dollar casino resort sure. with give or take twenty five hundred employees to go to a movie for eight weeks and then yeah, be able to uh, that's not logical. Um, but now that I do not necessarily need to do a film, um, you know, to put, you know, bread on the table, mm-hmm. uh, I can, if available, I can pick and choose. Earlier this year, uh, I worked with Deborah Voorhees. I did a movie called 13 Fanboy. D. Wallace is the lead in it. Corey Feldman's in it. Kane Hodder, Lar Park Lincoln, myself, uh, to name a few. So, they're done with it. They've pretty much edited it down. It's ready to go. Of course, how they're going to make the distribution because of the virus has changed a lot of our, 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 our the way we're doing things. But uh, Deborah Voorhees and uh, Joel, they were working on it as producers and directors and did a great job. So I've, I've touched on that. And then, like I said, the Elias coming back possibly 2021 and we'll see whatever else pans out. I do have a couple of uh, Letters out there that uh, of inter, uh, you know engagement to somebody for different functions of parts, but it's more fun for me yeah. because I sure. don't have to look at it like I have to go do something. And if it's 
a project I can have fun with and enjoy and I can be proud, mm -hmm. then uh, I'll entertain it. I'll entertain it. It seems like you're in the best position possible, right? At least I think you are. Yeah, I'm very humbly appreciative to be where I'm at. I, I can, I don't have to do it, but if I can do it and it's going to be fun, and if I get paid a couple of dollars, great. If it's really just a half a dollar, that's fine too. If I really like the part, the Elias Voorhees, myself and Steve Dash, we didn't get paid. We uh, uh, volunteered to give our salaries to um, a charity up in Seattle, Washington. So. Um, that was kind of cool because we didn't even see the pay or care about the pay because it was just given to somebody on that. Um, as we go forward, we'll see what happens. I mean, if I get an opportunity, great. Uh, you know, I live in Montana, about 100 miles away is where they, they shoot. I think they're shooting this year right now, season four of uh, Yellowstone. Uh, so and it's a paramount thing. So you never know, maybe next year when they start casting, you know, I can go. They have casinos in that now. Uh, and obviously being a casino executive, I still got a couple suits left. So I guess I could walk into that role with my eyes closed right. and produce and probably help to make sure the casino, the way it looks when you're walking through and being run, if they get into a side twist on that film is done right. Speaking to that, I just thought about this. Are there any casino movies you really like coming from the executive side of it? Like something that someone did it right in terms of that type of space? Well, I, I think it's they do the best they can with what they have. I mean, I started in the casino industry uh, in 1980, 81, Lake Tahoe. Uh, sure. Things were still different then than they are today. Um, you know, they would just throw people in the snowbank out back of the casino and not blink an eye and come <laughs> back in. Uh, so, I mean, it's changed a lot. I mean, I, I moved to Silver Slipper, Desert Inn, mm -hmm. Dunes. I watched all those casinos implode so they could build what is now Las Vegas. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Well, CJ, thank you so much for coming on. Where can everybody find you on the social medias? Well, I have a, you know, I do have a website, jasonvi.jason6.com, and it gives an opportunity for fans to reach out to me um, to go do different functions or go to an event or a show or just get a machete autographed and mail it back to them, stuff like that. So I try to do that. And of course, CJ Graham's got a Twitter and I've got my uh, Facebook, uh, jason6.com. And then of course, Facebook is jason6. And, you know, I try to keep in contact. I didn't realize the magnitude uh, sure. three decades later. So I'm very humble when I say I'm appreciative. Uh, I try to make sure I do what I can. I, I, you know, podcast requests and stuff, they're, you know, they're fun. But at the same time, the fans are the ones that put me here. So I'm trying to give back to mm -hmm. let them know we appreciate it. Myself, all the nine individuals that have stepped up in the Jason roles, per se, you know, Derek Mears, Kane Hodder, Kim, you know, we all look at that as, hey, wow, you know, three decades later, and we're still talking about it. Um, I did a convention to throw a twist on you about, oh, two weeks ago. And uh, I can't believe I got people coming up to me seven years old. One girl, another person came up seven years old, a little boy, and they know all about Jason. And of course, seven years old to 70 years old, and they know about Jason. So, yeah. um, Garth, I mean, I appreciate being in that that area, that space. Um, and I use the platform as positive as I can to send a good message. And you're inarguably the best of the sequels too. Oh, there are others? I thought there was only part six. <laughs> part um, six. 
favorite. Well, you know, I, I I'm very humble about that and very appreciative because I I have I do have a favorite part six, um, but at the same time, I'm really happy that Tom did such a great job. I mean, uh, part six is where uh, Jason I I believe becomes a principal of the film. Uh, everything is around Jason. We're looking at the camp killers and who's going to get whacked, but it's Jason, Jason, Jason. But mm -hmm. the, I always tell people about part six. Part six is where Jason came back to life like Frankenstein. Part six has the James Bond opening. Mm -hmm. Part six has the Alice Cooper Hall of Famer, of course, doing the music. And part six is where Jason gets to wear a Batman utility belt. So <laughs> take that home. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you, CJ, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks.